This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Hey, this is the Bartender Journey Podcast number 83. My name is Brian Vincent Weber, and this is the podcast that talks all about bartending. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for being here. Well, um, little news in my life. I took a job as a food and beverage director for a large facility, and uh, I'm in charge of the bar and the restaurant and catered events and uh, concessions even. So uh, I do all the ordering and supervision, and uh, yeah, it's it's a big, big deal. I've been working uh, like... 11 hours a day, six days a week, and uh, it's pretty cool. But uh, the, the bar there is really underutilized, and uh, so the, the boss, the owner has given me kind of free reign to uh, do whatever I want with the bar there. So that's pretty exciting, and uh, I plan on, you know, making a uh, totally revamping the cocktail menu and doing all the fresh ingredients and, you know, making great cocktails there. Yeah, so, uh yeah, it's a it's a big step. It's uh, exciting, and there's a lot a lot to it. So uh, I mean, I'm the I'm the chef's boss, you know. So put it that way. It's uh it's a it's quite an endeavor, and it's it's exciting. That's about that's the news in my life. But um, let me uh, tell you what we're going to talk about today. Um, at Tales of the Cocktail, I attended a seminar called Seven Habits of the World's Best Bars, and the uh, it was an awesome seminar. There was like hundreds of people there. It was totally sold out, and uh, it, Jim Meehan was um, one of the presenters. Jacob Breyers from Bacardi, and another gentleman who I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. It's, it's uh, starts with a Z D, and uh, the, his last name is K A S T A N E K. I don't know how to pronounce that either. But uh, he was he was a smart guy, good bartender from Singapore, believe it or not. So um, I'm just going to jump in and and talk about the notes that I took during that seminar, and uh, I want to refresh myself as I go through this because this all applies to my new uh, endeavor. I was just telling you about. And like I said, it was called Seven Habits of the World's Best Bars or How to Steal Your Way to Success. I, I was taking notes, scribbling the entire time, so uh, it is a little hard to read my own writing, but here we go. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Hand says his bar PDT takes the craft seriously, but they don't take themselves too seriously. So that's, that's pretty cool. I like that idea. You know, the, he said your bar should be a place of refuge, a halfway house, and I added in parentheses my in my own words a halfway house between different realities. So in other words, halfway between work and home or whatever it is. He said your bar should be a living room, and it should be an experience. It should be something memorable that they can't get anywhere else. He said great bars will stretch your expectations and give you a unique experience. He suggested asking how is your day today. And really listen to the answer. You, you give the guest your undivided attention in that particular moment. And if the answer is bad or good, surprise them with confetti or champagne or whatever, something, something. Uh, that was a cool idea. I like that. They talked about the Artisan Bar in London, which was actually voted number one cocktail bar in the world at Tales of the Cocktail this year. And it's in a hotel. And uh, they said... They're not in the cocktail business. They're in the business of selling the experience of being a millionaire for a couple of hours. They're in the business of truly delighting their guests. Well, I want to feel that way. I want to go there. They say, have a clear vision of what your bar is from concept to execution. Follow it, but also let it evolve. Let the bar become what it is. So have a, have a clear plan, but don't be afraid to change. 
having a concept or some sort of original feature gets people talking and gets the press and social media involved and gets, you know, catches their attention. So that's um, something to think about, you know, have something unique that gives the press something to write about or people to photograph and post on their social media or whatever. I love that idea. They say also the theme, the decor, etc., sets the tone for how guests will act in your establishment. That's quite a statement there. I like that. You know, uh, if it looks like a dive bar, they're going to act one way. And if it looks like a high-end cocktail bar, they're going to act another way or uh, whatever in between. You know, uh, employees only is a great example of that. Everybody feels very comfortable. Everybody has a great time in there. It's It sets the tone how everybody acts how they have a great time or not. That's that's a great point. I love that. Jimmy Han talked about the importance of taking care of the building, the storefront, the employees, about having integrity and paying the suppliers, paying the rent, being a good neighbor. I'm telling you, this was like a such a great seminar. All these nuggets of knowledge are just amazing. He used the term enlightened hospitality. I just wrote that down and I forget what he said after that, but uh, that's a cool that's a cool phrase to use. He talked about quality before quantity, so make sure whatever it is you're producing is you're proud of it. He said, "Have a point of view. Your your bar should have a point of view. You should understand what you are and what you are not." He said, "Do something first. Whatever it is, you know, do something interesting, different than everybody else. Do something better than your peers." I like this idea Jim had. Uh, he said, have a friend and family menu. So your regulars who come in say, oh, this, this menu is just for you. It makes them feel special. And, you know, I mean, the bar, I mentioned I took this new job, uh, but the, the bar I was working at had a lot of regulars. And there were, there were menu items that they would ask. There were specials that they would ask for when they weren't on the specials list. So, uh, and the chef would always make them for them. And so, uh we, I was thinking that would, that would be perfect for that for that place. You just have that menu for friends and family, and they know they're getting it anyway. But you have this special menu. Oh yeah, here's the here's you know the special menu for our regulars. What a cool idea! Somebody asked Jim, "What's your favorite bar?" He said, "My favorite drink is the one that's in front of me right now, and my favorite bar is the one I'm going to next." <laughs> that was kind of funny, although a little insulting to the bar you're in, I suppose. <laughs> he said, uh, "Have a have a great staff." train complete in quotes bartenders and uh, make them make them problem solvers he said make make your staff comfortable with all aspects of your bar all aspects uh they should know everything that goes on in the place and how to how to solve problems with whatever might come up he said invest in them and protect them so that means uh you know invest in their training and uh, protect them don't throw them under the bus be on their side that's a great thing too, I think. That's how I try to manage now. I had to, had some employees last night that did something wrong and I confronted them and they felt so bad. I, I, I hated making them feel so bad about it. But, you know, I was like, it's okay. We're not going to, you know, you're not going to get fired. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell the owner what, who it was, but I'm going to tell them what happened. And, uh, you know, I'll go, bat, I'll go to bat for you. If necessary, because I, I know you didn't realize you were making such uh, a, a bad mistake. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into it. 
He said, give your employees a sense of ownership in the place. And I've been doing that now as, as I manage. You know, I'm sharing with the bartenders how much uh, – I, I show them the list of how much every bottle costs. I'm like, you know, this bottle over here costs $48. This one over here costs 26 So let, let's figure out now how much uh, – you know, I'm, I'm going through trying to – I have to go through every menu item and every bottle and everything to figure out how much everything costs and what our profit margin is, et cetera. But I'm, uh, I'm sharing that with the bartenders so they understand it too. Jim said, be upfront with your staff from the very beginning as far as what your expectations are. This way there's no question uh, what's, in, what's expected for them. He said, let your staff throw a party for your guests every night. It should be a party. Everybody, sh- why do they come there? To have a great time, right? They talked about the six-month review, and you know that's standard in, in many industries. And for some reason, in the restaurant business or bar business, it's not really used that much. But it it should be, you know. It, I, what I'm finding now, you know, as I'm managing employees again for the first time in, in a while, it's like they get very defensive when you point out something that they're doing wrong, you know. And I'm not I'm not trying to be uh, uh, accusatory, or I'm just trying to correct the behavior that I want done differently. And it's um, it's hard to find this place where you can point out mistakes in a non-confrontational manner. And uh, maybe the six-month review is a way to, to do it. I'm trying to uh, put logbooks in every location so this way I can make notes to them. They can make notes to me. If they run out of something, let me know. If I find they forgot to clean whatever it is, I'll write it in the book, and I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm telling them, you forgot to clean this. Oh, well, it was busy, and I forgot, and then we wrote it down. You forgot to do it. Next time, do it right. You know, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> you're not going to get fired over this. Just let's talk about it in a, an adult manner, right? That's uh, that's a hard thing with, empl- you know, it's always, it's not my fault. It's not my fault, but you made a mistake. Let's fix it and move on. Jim said, uh, as far as managing your employees, you're uh, providing them with a, a living, obviously, you know, a, a wage, hopefully, and uh, especially with tipped employees, you know, they need to be able to make a living doing it. So you want to provide a place where they can do that. Uh, he says you're providing them with a place where they spend a heck of a lot of time. So um, keep that in mind. Ergonomics are important when you know you don't want people that uh, have aching feet and backs at the end of the night uh, where they just can't stand the, the idea of going to work every day because they know they're going to be uncomfortable all day. He said you're providing them in most cases with a place to eat, whether you, you're giving them a discount on the food or there's a staff meal or whatever. So. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, a family. Jim says he knows one owner who empowers his employees to do anything to make the to make a problem right or correct an issue, including comping the entire check. So that's not something uh employee that's usually up to a manager or an owner to come up with that, and, but uh I guess in that case it works for them. So they, the employees feel uh that they're trusted to to sort out issues and and do the right thing. I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> it's just something to think about. At PDT, Jim, Jim Meehan's bar, uh, you know, there's a host, and in 
many places there are. Uh, and he said the, ho- the host is the first contact with the guest when um, they're, they're the, usually the lowest level empo- employee, but they're important because uh, when somebody calls, if they're making reservation, it's the first contact. Uh, it's the first contact when we, they walk into the place and it's the last contact when they leave. So it's, it's an important position. In, in other places, the, it might be the bartender is the first contact. Um, the, the last place that I worked, uh, when you walked in, you could go right to the bar or, or go around the bar to go into the restaurant. And the first person they, to greet them was usually me. So uh, sometimes it's the bartender. That's the, but it's that first initial contact so important. And the, and the last when they leave, I, I can't say it enough. Uh, you know, I, I think it's so important to thank people as they leave. I don't know why I wrote this down, but uh, Audrey Saunders, who's uh, you know influ- a very influential person in the cocktail scene in New York, was quote she wasn't one of the presenters, but she was quoted by somebody at this seminar, and I wrote down that she said, "A bar is a mousetrap, and the staff is the cheese." <laughs> so I guess what they're saying is uh, the the staff is what makes people want to come into your bar, right? The staff is the cheese. The bait, we're not going to say that, but it, okay, I'm moving on. Uh, I wrote down, you're, you're trying to attract a wide range of people and diversity of staff will help with that. So yeah, not everybody's going to get along with everybody, right? So you have to have a diversity within your staff, uh, you know, some more animated, some more laid back, some, uh, so yeah, you get the point there, right? Great bars have committed owners. Great owners involve their staff in decisions. And I've, I've seen that as uh, being behind the bar as an employee where the owner just doesn't care what you have to say. They have their own way of doing things and their way, you know, it's their way of the highway. Blah. Nobody wants to work in a place like that. Give, give, give the staff some um, a chance to feel involved with the business and they'll, they'll help your business grow that way. You can't expect your staff to do everything for you if you don't do anything for them. Makes sense to me. Once you have one rock star bartender or employee, start looking for another. If you have two or three stars, the guests start to come for the bar instead of for that one particular person. Not to mention that one rock star bartender is eventually going to move on. Maybe you own his, maybe you start his own place, or you know, go somewhere else with greener pastures, whatever. So, you need to always uh, be cultivating people. The next person, the next great employee. But that's a good point. You know, people people might only want to come in. They might know that uh, so-and-so doesn't work Wednesday nights, and so they're not going to come in that night. They'll go another night. But if you have a, a bunch of people that appeal to a broad range of people and appeal to everybody, they'll, they'll come in whenever. They'll come for the bar instead of that one particular person. Okay, moving away, moving away from management um, and more into um, sort of marketing and, and things like that. Uh, do something special that cannot be copied easily. It doesn't have to be the drinks, but whatever it is, make it memorable. But whatever it is, make it memorable. So whether it's the seating or some unusual feature in the bar or a statue or whatever, fish tank, whatever the heck it is, you know, uh, make it memorable, something that the guests that come in want to tell their friends about. Next, spoil the guest and exceed expectations. An example could be a handwritten note with a drink re- with a drink recipe uh, in a nice envelope. If somebody enjoyed a cocktail uh, um, that they had there, write out the recipe and give it to them in a nice envelope to take home. What a cool idea! Hand them a, a little snack bar or something they can take with them, and uh, you know, if you're closing up and 
they're like, oh, can we get something to eat or I'm hungry or whatever, give them a little snack. And it, uh, it, it extends the interaction even better if it's branded with the name of your place. This is a fun thing you see uh, in New York, cocktail bars a lot, and I suppose it's used around other places as well. Uh, if your guest is saying, well, we're going we're gonna to head over to such and such bar, uh, and the bartender can say, uh, here, can you, can you bring this boomerang to them? They're like, boomerang? What are you talking about? Well, uh, here, this is a cocktail that uh, I need you to bring that over to, to uh, you know, Joe, the bartender at, at that bar that you're going to. And... Uh, it's called a boomerang because eventually it'll boomerang back to the, the guy that uh, sent it over there. So that's something fun that gets guests involved uh, and, uh, you know, gets guests engaged and involved. Uh, I'm not sure about the legalities of that. I'm not recommending you do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I love the idea of um, – Jim used the example – or I, th- I think it was Jim that used the example of uh, – having a tequila accreditation, a punch card or something like that. Um, Just as your guest goes through, you know, if you serve a lot of different types of tequila, give them a punch card. You know, you tried this one on this night, this one, this one. Now you're you're credited. You tasted them all or uh, whatever, bourbon tasting classes. I really want to start doing stuff like that at my my bar that I have now. And, uh, you know, I, I have so many ideas and different things that have to be done right away. And so some things will be pushed to the back. But anyway, I really want to do um, either a whiskey club or a whiskey tasting or uh, these punch cards. I love that idea. They talked about constant reinvention or evolution. Uh, Somebody quoted um, Steve Jobs who said, if you don't cannibalize yourself, someone else will. You got to be always thinking. I'm always thinking. Build a collaborative process and work at it. Involve your staff, which means ma- which will make them ambassadors. So if your if your staff is is happy, they're proud of where they work. They're gonna tell everybody in the world, everybody they meet, you know, oh, you gotta come to my bar, you know. Uh, if they're not proud of it, they won't even tell people they work there. Right? Pretty simple. This was an hour and a half seminar. I just boiled it down to kind of bullet points here, but uh, this is the last thing I wrote down. Your job as a leader is taking responsibility when things go wrong. Yep. Things will go wrong sometimes, but hopefully not that often, not, not too often. So that's going to be it for this week of Bartender Journey. Thank you so much for listening. And my name is Brian Vincent Weber, and you can find me on Twitter at barkeeptips. Feel free to email me at vince.bartender at gmail.com. You can find our website at bartenderjourney.net. And we're on Stitcher Radio now. So if you like to get your podcast that way, you can you can do that. And, uh, of course, we're on iTunes. You can just search iTunes for Bartender Journey. And please go on there. And I need those ratings. I need you to go on there and uh, give me some stars. Five stars is the most you can give. And it would be awesome if you can do that. And leave a little review. Um, I've had a couple of people uh, write in here and there, maybe on the um, – on the blog on bartenderjourney.net and stuff uh that's awesome thank you so much for doing that but if you if you can copy and paste that right into itunes reviews it would be very helpful thank you so much and cheers we'll see you next time